Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant, you can call him Chip, and today we are talking about episodes 19 through 21 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean. Since we last uh, recorded an episode, I had to go do some stuff, and that kind of delayed the recordings a bit. The holidays happened, you know, we were out of state, blah, 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 which means I've spent a couple weeks just in the back of my mind going, I want to talk about the green I want to talk about the green. It's baby time. It's time well, for baby. Anyone recognize it's baby time. And if you're around family, if you're especially around in-laws, you're not allowed to just say it's baby time. People get a bad idea. I'm People going baby mode. Misled. Never, never a thing you can say around your family. You can never say I'm going baby mode. So that brings us to episode 19, Birth of the Green. <laughs> uh, and we're we're picking up. Uh, where we left off last time, where there's some Speedwagon Foundation scientists pushing yes. buttons, looking at monitors, poking knobs, tweaking bits, because Jotaro has been in a deep REM sleep and sitting in a monk-like posture. <laughs> yes. Like, like these two scientists, who I believe were the same we saw the previous episode, a shorter, older man, and then... Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a 30-year-old taller man who has elf ears. Doesn't everyone these days? It's, it's, it's so fashionable. Humans in JoJo have just started to evolve in the last 10 years or so to have elf ears. I have to think it's it's a procedure, you know? Mm. Like, there, there were some trendsetters uh, <laughs> uh, back around the, the turn of the millennium, and now it's just totally mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're talking about how, like, oh, Jotaro woke up and then immediately went into the the pose of an ascetic monk and now he's just vibing uh and one of the scientists says makes sense yes he <laughs> does what about that makes sense <laughs> anyways jotaro has no memories no memories doesn't know his name he has relearned 30 english words mm-hmm. english is not his first language why are we starting there <laughs> he doesn't know he's japanese <laughs> He's just speaking the local language. Are they specifically fish words? That might also help to oh, meet him help. where he's coming from, please. How close do you think this room Jotaro is being kept in is to Santana's body? Mm, is, is, I don't know. Is Jotaro know. in Washington, D.C. right now, underground? It's been nearly a hundred years. <laughs> Who could say? I bet Santana's like... All the way in the back of a forgotten room where they just, like, the IT guys just put all their extra computer crap and you can't even see Santana anymore. He's completely covered up with junk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there, there is, like, a light switch that has, it, <laughs> it's, like, held in the up position by masking tape that someone's <laughs> written on, do not f- switch off. Yep. No one knows why. Yep, Nobody yep, knows. Yep. That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> There's one incredibly old janitor who, who still knows what's up with that room. Nobody talks to him. No, nope. nobody knows. Nope. So we we do see uh, whose pictures these are on on like the bedside table here. Uh, he's got a five by seven copy of that same picture of he and the mysterious mama that was inside the bug pendant that kicked off all this rigmarole, mm-hmm. and also one of Jolene as a normal, bright eyed, happy teen. Yes. <laughs> which is so, like, Whenever she's just a normal kid, like this picture, or even the the uh, 
uh, flashbacks with Romeo in the beginning, mm-hmm. 90% of the lines on her face are gone. Yes, yes. <laughs> she, she, it's so striking. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's just really funny, like, out of all of the 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 JoJo teens, Jolene seems to have maybe been the one to have had the most normal life. Yeah, this looks like a fucking school picture day photo. Yeah, yeah. And it's just really funny to know that 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 girl at any second, if she had to, would be able to flip on fuck shit up mode and, <laughs> you know, ha- have the 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 fortitude and will to, you know, fight a 250 pound man uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. throwing meteors at her face. <laughs> But the problem, I mean, among many problems, the problem we're discussing is that without any memories, Jotaro Kujo has no motivation to live. Mm-hmm. So all of his muscles are atrophying. Oh, no. Like, yeah, no shit. You should have seen him when he was 16. <laughs> Does that mean Jotaro, since he was 16, has been slowly losing the, l- the will to live? <laughs> That's what the dolphins are for. They're, they're bringing him back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I learned one thing in the break since our last recording, in which I watched 50 episodes of Sequest <laughs> DSV, thank you very much, it's that swimming with a dolphin will heal your soul. Yeah, yeah. It happens like eight times in the first season. Psychic dolphin. Including William Shatner's, like, mute child. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Shatner makes some fucking acting choices in that guest spot. My God. Oh, I bet. Uh, but in any case... We already know someone who's gone through this exact same thing and came out pretty okay. Mm-hmm. Can we get weather report to consult on, on this yeah. medical issue? Yeah. I mean, really, it just seems like they're putting the wrong frame pictures in front of Jotaro. It just <laughs> needs to be that starfish he found. Yeah. And he, he like the starfish, he would regenerate. Mm, yes, yes. The starfish is my real daughter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, the, these scientists are... are you know, continuing to talk about Jotaro's condition. One guy goes like, okay, doctor, what's the plan? And the little guy, the smaller man goes, I don't know. So he gets on all fours and crawls up to Jotaro and goes to <laughs> poke his head. That'll do something. Look, he's a chemotherapy researcher. He's out of his depth. He doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, they, they're all they're they're all doing jobs not in their description. So Star Platinum pops out, like, reflexively, and Jotaro backhands this doctor. Should be dead. Mm-hmm. Should be instantly dead. Just barely got out of the way in time, because the other doctor was already like, I think poking that man's head is a really fucking bad idea. Um, <laughs> but in this backhand swing, the, like, glass vial, very old-fashioned IV drip he's got in him, uh, shatters to pieces, and the shards uh, uh, go across Jotaro's forearm, slicing into it with uh, uh, remarkably good uh, uh, handwriting for <laughs> shards of glass in midair. The word Jolene, mm. spelled with a Y and everything. How do they know? Whoa. Uh, and so the doctors uh, piece it together a little too slow that this reads Jolene <laughs> on his arm. Well, maybe English isn't their first language either. That's They're all true. bonding over. It. That's true. As is the the origins of the Speedwagon Foundation. There's still a lot of German staff here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but as they're as they're marveling at the word Jolene being cut into his arm, 
we cut back to the prison where Jolene is still uh, recovering slash fucked up from the last fight. Oh, you mean on death's door? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And across her arm, the the, the same letters Jolene get, get cut across her arm. And so she flashes back to the final words her father said to her when his discs were stolen. Uh, quote, I want you to know you are always incredibly important to me. <gasps> oh. oh. And, he, and she's like, yeah, my dad did love me. That's why he walked out on me and my family out of love. <laughs> you don't get to pull this shit. Mm-hmm. If the problem with Jotaro is he's an absent dad, you don't get to say, you know, the best part about him, super absent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But look, he psychically transported a, an arm wound to me. Whoa. <laughs> that also doesn't seem good. Like, it's it's the least of her medical issues currently, sure. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't seem good. Uh, yeah. And, and Foo Fighters is there like, hey, uh, uh, I, I gooshed in all your other wounds. Let me, let me uh, seal those up for you. And she's like, no, I'm keeping these. Mm-hmm. And then they disappear on their own anyway. Yeah. Yeah, Jolene's reasoning or, like, realization as to why Jotaro, like, how he showed his care for her was that he was an absent dad to keep evil vampires, serial killers, blah, 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 away from her and her mom, basically. Mm -hmm, Being a mm -hmm. Jojo attracts danger, and so, therefore, I have to leave my family so that they don't get involved. Oops, they got involved. (laughs) The first time she got in danger was because of John Gallier, who was hunting her specifically. Specifically, yeah. And just thought, oh, Jotaro's here, lucky twofer for me. Yeah, being a Jojo just means this is going to happen, regardless of how absent of a dad you are. Like, you might as well have fun with your daughter while waiting for a guy to try to blow her brains out. Like, hmm, my kid got arrested. Better fly off to Tokyo for unspecified reasons. (laughs) There's another vampire just off screen. <laughs> and anyway, the OP plays. Yep. Uh, and as we rejoin the present action in Green Dolphin, our victorious trio is taking the stairs out of the execution chamber, back up to the surface, and Anasui leans over to FF and is like, hey, I'm trying to engineer a meet cute. Do you have my back? <laughs> and FF... Uh... I think that w- w- verbatim what she says is sexual harassment? No. <laughs> <laughs> See, the plan is, the plan is, jo- Jolene is, of course, trudging out ahead of, of the other two. Uh, uh, Anasui wants her to be tripped, so she will fall backwards into his strong, powerful, sociopathic arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she will think back on all of the fighting and realize that he saved her. By turning a man into a living spring monster. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to show affection in this world, and that's one <laughs> that's, of them. I mean, Anasui's love language is one I do not want to speak. Uh, let's let's just put it there. Yeah, and, you know, FF really doesn't like this, but eventually she is convinced, fine, help a brother out. Uh, Anasui's, like, last gambit to convince her is like, hey, you're becoming a person. Do you want to become the sort of person who breaks promises? Mm. Uh? <laughs> and they're like, no, I guess I'll just be the person who punches my best friend in the ankle out of nowhere. <laughs> that seems like a better kind of person to be. And so she does. And Jolene falls backwards down the stairs. 
and Anasui, and this is like all in slow motion. Anasui like holds his arms out to catch her, and as she's slowly falling to him, she sun her trajectory suddenly alters because she has Spider-Man web zipped up to the railing at the top of the stairs because wait a minute, that small man with a bone is there. The small man, the small man with the bone. And so she she reaches up. She's holding the hand that is holding the bone until until the skin of the forearm of the hand that is holding the bone degloves. Ah! It's totally shorn away by by Jolene's string as and and so she falls and slips the thread off. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Foo Fighters uh, fire Foo Fighters fires. <laughs> Uh, a few shots that that does not stop this small man, and Anasui once again is the one to say, "Hey, everybody, stop it! Let's be observant here." Because this the the small man, he he's just kind of crawling and wiggling away. He he has reached a wall, and he is uh, just kind of clawing up higher at the wall. And Anasui goes, "Wait a minute! This was a small man, but when I look at this man." He's a tall man now. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> this man has grown, specifically in the spine. Yeah. He got a double dose of torso, this man. <laughs> yeah, it's like he he he's like um oh the village leader guy. The in, village chief of uh, Torres in Resident yes. Evil 4. Yes, obviously. Yes. He gets long in the spine, but nowhere else. His spine is disgusting looking. Yeah, it's yeah. bad, and you can see it full on display because he's facing into uh, the this sort of small corner on the wall where uh, uh, the a support column reaches the wall and then just out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But his, and his face is buried in it, back fully exposed to the the afternoon, early evening sun. Mm-hmm. He seems to like that sun. He starts muttering about. About uh, the heat and the warmth and ooh the the light and as he turns as he turns his face, I guess you could call it that because it's no longer a human <laughs> face. He has mouth bonsai. <laughs> yes, yeah, and all of his teeth are fused into his cheeks, poking through the skin mm-hmm. uh, to become sort of like pebbles around the 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 soft. Uh, a peaty loam of his skin from yeah. which the bonsai grows. The the roots of the, this bonsai are also like going into his nostrils. He has little leaves poking out from around his eyeballs. And then his eyeball squelches and splits into like the stamen and pistil of a flower. Yeah, uh, it's uh, gross. It's got to be the grossest thing that this show has ever done. Yeah. And then, just to remind you what you're watching, the the tongue stump just sort of wiggles around. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to this in Japanese, it does the kakuin rero 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 oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But with a monster voice and an evil filter over it. <laughs> uh, and after that guy does all that, his head explodes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> the back of his head just violently bursts open and that's when ff asks his head literally exploded is he a stand user (laughs) not anymore he's not (laughs) 
But this also prompts them to look around. Look around at all the dead people with their very curious designs that we thought might be dudes turned out to not be dudes. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're trees. All their faces have bonsais or just full-on weird-shaped trees growing out of their faces with their teeth fusing to weird parts of their faces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's uh, time for uh, uh, Ender Wigan to come and, and give them all very personal funerals. Man, <laughs> that series got weird uh, about a quarter of the way through the first book. Never mind the second, which is what I'm talking about right now. Damn. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, there... anyhow, the bone. The bone has been left unattended. Mm-hmm. And it is near the feet of the centurion-looking dude. Remember that guy? Yeah. <laughs> He's important there, now. There's one, there was one weird guy we saw at the very start who, yes, is still around, untreed. One of the buffer guys in JoJo in a while now, I think. That's uh, true. He almost looks like a part three character. Yeah, yeah. The outfit is very part two, actually. Yes, yes it is. Uh, so he is wearing... A fucking Fred Flintstone loincloth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it's it's up one shoulder, it ends uh, uh, at his thighs, but beneath it is sort of a, a purple uh, toga that goes over the other shoulder. So between them, he's got full coverage. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, yeah, a, a helmet with a spike on top. And uh, one eye patch, a metal looking eye patch with with holes, like one of them wiffle ball style eye yeah, patches. Yeah, the the helmet. I just looked it up. By the way, the t- the the name of the type of helmet the he's picklehaub. Yeah, picklehaub. And we have to talk about this guy, but there's no good time to talk about this guy. Yeah, let's just talk about him right now. He will get introduced later as DNG, yep. short of course for Dolce and Gabbana. His English voice is Eraserhead in My Hero, a- My Hero Academia and oh, Edgeworth okay. in the Ace Attorney anime. Oh, hell yeah. While the Japanese voice of D&G here was Elias Ainsworth in Ancient Magus's Bride and Hero Man, a character <laughs> that came from a collaboration between Stan Lee and Studio Bones. What? Yes. Huh. Yes. Huh. Okay. I did not know that was a thing that existed. Now I got to check that out later. Also, I just want to mention, you know, you know how frequently characters in JoJo and the manga have like their likes and dislikes in like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. in between pages of chapters. D and G's favorite movie, Showgirls. That makes sense. I, I can see it. Yeah. <laughs> so our heroes are talking about the bone, trying to figure out what happened, what's going on. I love the way that they say the small man, like that's his official yes. name. Like he was wearing a name tag that says, hello, my name is the small man. Yeah, yeah. But Jolene, got to get that bone. She's mm-hmm. she's determined. She's driven. Uh, uh, she has, again, had no sense of self-preservation mm-hmm. for weeks now. And that is when spl- flowers start to sprout from her face. Mm-hmm. Anasui just barely catches a glimpse of like some flowers coming out of her face. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Ho- hold the fuck up. Stop. Don't go any further. You're going to turn into a-, a damn plant. And like <laughs> when Jolie turns around, no plants on her face. But he's just like, hold up. I got to smell your breath. Uh, <laughs> and she thinks, wow, this guy is down bad in a weird way. Um <laughs> And then Anasu was just like, no, I'm doing this for a very valid reason. <laughs> but also the other thing. Yeah, it's two for one. 
So he smells her breath and gets some information, I guess. But it doesn't matter because she's going to keep going for that bone and keep popping flowers out of her pores and and tear ducts. And and oh, this yeah. bone is just rattling around on a root. And Jolene reaches out for it and she's just covered, covered in flower buds. So mm-hmm. Diver Down enters her body yet again mm-hmm. and karate chops some of them out from the inside. And this is when Anazui uh, uh, is confident to say that these flowers are Jolene. This is not an invasive thing. Yeah. This, they're, they're her. I can't yep. get rid of them. It, it would be like getting rid of like her organs. Yep. And around this time is when Anasui starts theorizing, okay, I believe this is technically what is happening right now. Not a standability, because wouldn't the person with a standability just make us trees instead of all these other people? <laughs> <laughs> and this is when they think, oh, is the bone doing this? Is the bone just making stuff into trees? Is is there tree energy emanating, tree radiation emanating from this bone? We're, we're all worried about infection. So Anazui takes one of her flower buds into his mouth. Yes. And it's very tender. It's very sensual. It is. It really is. This is... Maybe the horniest thing of all of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, he determines this is a normal-ass plant coming out of your cheek, girl. Also, <laughs> you don't got blood in your blood anymore. You got chlorophyll in you. <laughs> so once again, he pledges to protect her, his future bride, and yanks her out of the sunlight to arrest the plant growth, because yep. plants like sun, especially weird stand magic based plants as as we well know mm-hmm. and, and then she turns to him and says but Kaz I'm already a tree and <laughs> walks forward <laughs> she just can't stop hurting herself she's she wants to get shit done she is a speed runner she will take damage to save time <laughs> oh, so one tree we, we've lost sight of the bone entirely mm-hmm. but where it was last seen is near this one tree and that tree has a Matrix baby pod at yes. its base. Yes. And inside the clear husk, the transparent husk of this baby pod, is a little creature mm-hmm. with the Joe Star star birthmark on its little creature shoulder. Yep. In the same spot as all the other JoJo's. And Jolene goes, oh my god, it's a child. A green child! <laughs> It's one of the more popular surnames in America. I'm surely you've met some. <laughs> and this is when we hit the mid-episode mid-episode card, where, yes. again, it shows us a stand we haven't been introduced yet, and I don't like it when they do that. But just like its user, there's no really good time to talk about That's, this critter, so it's we might true. as well do it now. It's true, yeah. Because, like, from here on out, let me just say it, things happen. Is there logic for how things happen? <laughs> no, actually. This, this is the most fucking nonsense. A does not lead to B ass shit that yep. JoJo's has ever done. Yep. Yeah, this. I have said that sometimes the situations in JoJo can feel dreamlike. This is maybe the most dreamlike because yeah. sh- weird shit is just going to happen and you just kind of got to accept that it's going to be weird. Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> 
And nothing exemplifies that more than the stand Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma, named for the only cellist you or I have ever heard of. Yep. <laughs> yep. Localized to just Yaya Ma. <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma, Yo-Yo Ma looks like Hanna-Barbera's Frankenstein Jr. crossed with oh my an God. artichoke. Oh my God. It is Frankenstein <laughs> Jr. So we got, a, we got a green tubby guy. We got a green tubby guy who's about like, I don't know, four feet high? Yeah. He, he squats a lot, so that's kind of messing with his height a bit there too. His, his skin is all green. He does have like skin a scalloping pattern over yeah. uh, his exposed parts up to the middle of his face. Again, that's the artichoke part I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I guess he and uh, FF shop at the same place because he's got his own blue coveralls that mm-hmm. are also shoes. Yep. There, there's holes cut in the knees. So you can see his his green knobby knees coming through. He's wearing like pink, almost elbow length gloves. They're like... like- he- Rubber kitchen gloves. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, his face is flat. He has no nose. He's got like a triangular mouth and his eyes. Well, one eye, he has like, one eye is One like, eye is like a little yellow daisy. Yeah, yeah. And the other one's just kind of a red circle that's also appears to be an eye patch. Uh, because... This is D&G's stand, basically. Yes. Uh, so they and... both have eye patches. They both have spikes coming out of their yep. head. Well, one of them is a hat. So Yeah, yeah. This guy is coming right out the head. Yeah. And he's very slobbery, very drooly. Uh, very, he, he's a tubby little fella. Yep. Like, the, the midsection of these coveralls are, are swollen to bursting. Yeah, he, he's got a big, big tummy. And also, even though these are coveralls, he's got pants and everything. He's got a loincloth. Yes. Like bolted on to his cold cover Yes. <laughs> it's a bib, but it's in the wrong place. Yo-Yo Ma's English voice, because uh, uh, shame on me, this is, what, two in a row where the stand and the user have different voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yo-Yo Ma's English voice was Scarecrow in the Arkham games. Okay. A Geblin Mechatork, among several others, across uh, World of Warcraft and his many expansions. Uh-huh. And Towley in South Park. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> sure. Towley. We all remember Towley. While the Japanese voice of the stand, Yo-Yo Ma, was Ranma in Ranma One Half. Oh, wow. L in Death Note. Oh, my God. Dubs for both Max Goof and the Red Eminem. <laughs> uh-huh. And previously played Shigechi in Diamond is Unbreakable. Oh, man. Wow. That's that's a big breadth of characters right there. So uh, now that we're through talking about Yo-Yo Ma, it's time to almost meet him. Mm-hmm. So so Jolene is still looking at this, this baby-shaped thing in a pod and tries to rationalize that that couldn't possibly be a baby. Veggies have weird shapes all the time. Like, you know, carrots that look like Snoopy and radishes that look like big tits. <laughs> yep. Never change, Jolene. <laughs> yep. Love you, Jolene. So she reaches out to this little little pod, and the creature within turns its head, mm-hmm. and Foo Fighters tries again to pull her back. Mm-hmm. But she- the need to know is stronger than self-preservation. 
The last time Jolene did anything to keep herself safe was in the frog rain. Yes, like, yes, the frog Surviving rain. that just killed something in her. And yeah. <laughs> if she survived a, 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 a torrential downpour, poisonous frogs, she must mm-hmm, at this mm-hmm. point think she's near invincible. <laughs> and right. she's trying to prove it at yeah. every turn. Mm-hmm. So she thinks to herself, huh, this weird little fruit baby absorbed the bone. And you know what? If there's a weird fruit baby in all this, I bet that's something White Snake wants. So, so this is yeah. my baby now. <laughs> I'm just wondering what Anasui thinks of this sudden maternal instinct. Oh, man. I want to get married, but I don't want to have kids. Especially not weird little green ones. Yeah, fuck this. We'll just adopt FF. A different weird little green baby. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one's nicer. I like this one. So, so Anasui does step in here to be a voice of reason, like, hey, the sun is getting lower, so it's coming in directly through that big window. This is a bad, unsafe time to be here. Never mind the fact that low sun is actually indirect and weaker, but never mind, never mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm just doubting everything Anasui has ever said to me. It's not <laughs> a big deal. So Jolene just surges forward and seizes the baby pod while her joints can still bend before they're entirely wooden. Yep. And so, yeah, after she grabs the, the baby pod, she is yanked into into the shade and they run to the opposite side of this building just to try and try and find a way out where they, they won't be exposed to the sun. Uh, so he stops everybody again, the most observant man, uh, because there's one more weird guy. There's another weird guy. There's this cowardly, weird little guy. Man, the the fashion this prison lets people get away with. (laughs) Imagine if you saw a very strange bootleg version of Bruno. Uh Uh-huh. Because this guy's uh got really similar hair. Yes, yes. But he also has two long, long, like, forelock bangs. Yep. Coming down to to spikes around his chest. His jumpsuit, you should feel free to uh, describe it for most people, but I'm going to describe it for my people Mm -hmm. as uh, uh, Karasun's second uh, uh, outfit in in, uh, Double Zeta when they go back to space. (laughs) Uh It's that, but baby blue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And for people who don't know, uh, okay, cutouts on the shoulders, cutout on the tummy. Cut out on the hips and ass, so the sides are kind of just hanging out there. Yes. Baby blue. And all across the legs are written the word survivor over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. I wonder what his purpose in in this plan was. (laughs) Yeah. This man also has a really thin mustache. His face looks like a skull. Yeah. He he looks like step one. Of like a, a forensic uh, uh, archaeologist <laughs> trying to recreate an ancient person. <laughs> the yeah. clay's not all on there yet. Yeah, yeah. They this guy is uh, tears streaming down his face. He is shaking. He is terrified. He he's begging for help. And so Anasu is just like, okay, bud. What's your name? It's Guccio. It's Guccio. My name is Guccio. Anasui demands to know whether he is an enemy stand and not telling them. Mm-hmm. And then just sort of gives him a lesson on how many ribs a human has yes. and lets him go. It's yep. 24, by the way. <laughs> he gives him a little tummy rub while doing this, by the way. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and yeah, he just tells Guccio like, "Okay, on your way now," and Guccio just kind of like shell shocked, just walks towards this you know the opposite side of the building, and everyone else is, "Hey, Anasui, what the fuck was that about?" And he goes, "I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> There's too many dudes. There's too much shit just happening for no reason. I do not care. Mm-hmm. Here, climb up my stand like a ladder. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yep, just climb over the other side of the building. Uh, meanwhile, D&G here is still lurking in the corner. Uh, he's like, huh, green baby. I didn't know shit about that. I'm just here to kill Jolene. <laughs> yep. And Guccio stumbles across him, and, and D&G's like, uh, hey, you you okay? You weird freak of of a of a man? Because Guccio is just like muttering nonsense and waving his arms around. It's clearly had something happen to him in that encounter. So when D and G like puts a reassuring hand on his shoulder, because they're teammates in trying to kill Jolene Cujo, mm-hmm. that is when Guccio's back explodes. <laughs> Because his ribs have been turned into a bear trap. Yes. That pierces through the forearm of D&G many, many times. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know a hair clip? What if that was bones and yeah. razor sharp and tried to tear your arm off? Yeah. I still, one of the things that, that is very funny about this to me it's like, okay, when Anasui's Diver Down is first introduced, he doesn't explain what it does. We just see him, you know, like, punch the wall and have a punch come out, like, delayed. Which never happens again so far. I guess this is the delay part. He will fuck up your insides, and sometimes he can do it delayed. Yeah. Because fucking up your insides is most of what it actually does. Like, if you look at every use of Diver Down since, it's been going in either a guy or a wall and doing something in there. Yeah, yeah. And, like, yeah, that is the power. Whatever he dives into, he can rearrange or his stand can hide in there for later, stuff like that. But it's never been audibly explained that he can rearrange shit. So, uh, like, okay, you... Based on the events that happened in the previous episode, you can figure out, okay, something Diver Down did made that man's legs turn into bone springs. This is just, like, enough time passes from the guy getting the rib tummy rub from Anasui to mm-hmm. his ribs turning into a bear trap. It's just like, that man had bear trap ribs for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to take a step backward. I like to reach out to... Uh, a widely renowned fashion designer, Anasui. If mm-hmm. you or someone responsible, like in your your uh, organization, personally asked for this character's name to be changed to Anastasia, I get it, man. I'm with you. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> he's not a nice man. He's not a good no. man. He's weird. He he's. If Rohan is an experiment in, like, how unlikable in in personality can a character be that people will still get? Uh, Anasui is, like, how unlikable indeed can a character be? Like, what are yes. the most heinous acts I can make a guy do and still have people <laughs> think, that's a hero right there? <laughs> yeah. And so, yes, after D&G basically gets 
his left arm from the elbow down, completely shredded to bits by the rib bear trap. And uh, starts crying for his mama. Yes. Guccio just continues walking forward, uh, just mutter- muttering random things, utterly fucked up because his ribs exploded from his back. Uh, you see his stand survivor just fall to the ground, and we just get a little title card saying Guccio and Survivor, you know, beyond recovery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... The group has climbed over that wall. They've made it outside. They are in the shadow of the building so as not to encourage any further plant growth. Uh, uh, But Jolene's remaining plant bits just sort of wither and Mm -hmm. fall away. Apparently, they're they're out of the range of of this implantening. Jeff Vandermeer, you've got a lot to answer for. Ooh. (laughs) Uh, So Jolene is hoping that the discovery of dozens of mutilated inmates and staff will bring White Snake out into the open mm-hmm. where she can just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And take that daddy disc back. What uh, she does not notice is the aforementioned Frankenstein Jr. artichoke man mm-hmm. eating the plant baby womb pod. Hey, that's my green baby plant baby womb pod. Give that back. <laughs> and- and this is when the episode totally goes off the rails. <laughs> oh, yeah. It might surprise you. We were on rails up to this point. Yep. Uh, so it swallows down the baby fruit. She kicks the shit out of the stand. <laughs> yeah. Like, completely flattens its head in. Just blood spurting everywhere. Foo Fighters empties a bug clip into this thing. Uh, a diver down jumps inside it to fuck it up. Everybody is going after this thing. Totally ineffective, except Anasui's blood gets smelly. Yeah. What is that? What does that mean? <laughs> it's not a part of his ability or anything. It's just like, this guy's gross, and therefore I am gross by touching him, I guess. So this stand, this, this Yo-Yo Ma pops up and is like, huh, anyhow... You must be Jolene. I'm going to lash a chair together for, for some, like, campground uh, luxury. Uh, I'm going to lick your shoes clean, my mistress. Here, would you like to read a volume of Pink Dark Boy that I stole <laughs> for you? Yeah. Oh, everybody's down bad in a weird way today. Yeah. Uh, oh, and then a, a bee flies by, like, near Jolene, and he snatches it out of the air and goes like, "Ooh, watch out. That's a bee. That's that's bad. That could sting you. Let me let me let me eat that for you." Mm. Mm. And then there's a really good bit of comedy here where it's like you're just seeing him eat this bee and then just barely coming into frame is FF's finger gun and she just blasts his brains out point blank when he's chewing on this bee. <laughs> like Again, a mafia does the no- execution. It does nothing. It just knocks him to the ground. And then he starts drooling a bunch. Just starts drooling and then gives FF a lesson on harvesting wild strawberries and how to tell them apart from mock strawberries. Yes. Which are also edible. They just aren't as good. Because, again, that's the logic we're working on here. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you a thing I know. You're going to be uh, uh, curious to know if this has anything to do with anything in the future no, no, absolutely nothing. So the only thing, the only thing I could think of is that it is a 
hint to the reader or viewer to to be mindful of things that look one way but are really another Mm. underlined by the difference between the red and yellow blossoms and the red and yellow eyes of yo-yo ma okay sure or it's just absolute nonsense who fucking cares (laughs) yeah so i just realized who yo-yo ma reminds me of he's like a weirder more disgusting version of shigechi yeah yeah, I mean, I'm sure like that's why they cast the same guy. Yeah. Uh, but yes, this is a weird subservient simp stand uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that cannot be killed. <laughs> Perversely horny energy through this episode. Yeah. And a little bit of the next. Yep. Jolene and Anasu are trying to figure out, okay, we got to get away from this building. What's the quickest way to get away? And they're like, well... There are marshlands nearby, and there might be like a boat or a fan boat or something there. So um, Yo-Yo Ma, the stand that is controlled by an assassin sent to kill them, and they know this, mm-hmm. who has eaten and seized the plant baby that they want for themselves, mm-hmm. says, hey, let me get you a fan boat. And they say, cool, thank you. <laughs> We're going to leave Foo Fighters behind here to assassinate the guy that controls you. And Yo-Yo Ma says, chill. Nice. <laughs> this plot was written with alphabet cereal. It, like, it just happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, they go, oh, we can't leave him behind because he's got the green baby in him. We can't figure out how to get it out of him. But don't. Don't let him help you. That's bad. <laughs> He's not here to help. You He's know not this. here to help. But there is a really good line here because yes, they get to the <laughs> they get to the marshlands. Uh, Anasui is sitting in the 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 chair of the fan boat, which is a very very funny imagery to me. Mm-hmm. Yo-Yo Ma knows how to operate fan boats, so he's telling gives instructions. Yeah, yeah, he's giving instructions, and then. The, the fan boat's tied to the dock, and so Anasui says, untie the anchor rope, weirdo! <laughs> yeah. He's weird. He's a weirdo. Yeah. He doesn't fit in. He doesn't want to fit in. Have you ever seen him without those kitchen gloves on? That's weird. <laughs> so, so they sail off into the setting sun, uh, uh, and back at the discipline wing, Foo Fighters just, like, monologues to themselves mentally about how Jolene better be on her toes. Got to keep this guy on his best behavior because he's an enemy who tore their jaw off when nobody was looking. This is a horrible sludge, ugh, ugh, nightmare, nightmare face happening on Foo Fighters right now. Her her whole lower jaw is just gone. And that that is the end of episode 19. There was a little fruit waiting for me, a, a happy little surprise on the wiki when I checked for the list of differences between the anime and manga. Mm-hmm. Yo-Yo Ma does not offer to cook a frog French style like he does in the manga. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess right at the end of the last episode, though, he does catch a frog that has leapt out of the, the marsh midair and then just wrings it out like a dish rag so he can drink all the frog juice that squirts out. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Episode 20, FF The Witness. Mm-hmm. So this starts with a long recap of, of Bone stuff, going all the way back to Sports Maximum. Yep. Up to the present with, with the green baby and whatnot. So, so Foo Fighters, 
begins with that same monologue, although now with some some extra context put in, like how uh, Yo-Yo Ma attacks with foul poisonous drool, mm-hmm. and that is why their mouth is half gone. Yep. <laughs> and so they think to themselves, I have this very valuable information. I could rush, join my two, two uh, allies and save them, or... I could stick to the plan, and they decide to stick to the plan and kill D&G. Yep. So we go into the OP, and then when we're out of it, Anasui has uh, Yo-Yo Ma park the fan boat, kind of in like this this little little A island. Little grove. Little grove. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He can he hears something faint off in the distance. Mm-hmm. You can see everyone has their back turned for a second to Yo-Yo Ma, and he slowly starts trying to reach out to Jolene. And Anasui's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? I said turn the engine off. <laughs> and so he turns the engine off. And this is when two other boats speed on by with prison guards, and they have very large uh, mounted machine guns on the front of their boats. Yes, yes. And th- their chatter, both between one another and the radio, is talking about, quote, abnormal conditions oh, yeah. in the discipline zone, to, which have put the prison on high alert. Yeah, you you could call it that, I guess. You have an X-Files episode happening in your prison, sir. It's more than abnormal. Abnormal conditions, the, the abnormality alarm, like, this prison runs on understatement. <laughs> And this is when Yo-Yo Ma has impaled its own face on the steering stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Anasui is just like, quit that, you! And so he just <laughs> pushes him all the way through the steering stick to, to get his head out, off of it. Anasui does not, does not like Yo-Yo Ma. <laughs> no, no one should like Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo Ma. He's bad. Uh <laughs> I'm just imagining someone playing like do 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 and crying every time you say that. <laughs> By the way, Anasui can immediately identify the uh, the caliber of bullets in those mounted machine guns. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, this guy's just a walking Wikipedia entry. Like he, Speedwagon would be proud. But when the guards notice the the small waves coming off of the boat as uh, he abuses his like little sworn servant buddy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the guards turn and face them. And now it's Yo-Yo Ma's turn to have incredible information, like how to camouflage uh, a boat from palm fronds mm-hmm. by, by weaving them thusly and like shoving uh, uh, bits and bobs of plant matter onto to both of their faces with mud and junk. Mm-hmm. And somehow, this works. <laughs> yes, it's very funny because the, the, the cops drive right by them. Like they could touch them. They're yeah. so close. And it's like, these are just very clearly still people, but with a stupid grass headdress on. You have neon pink um, hair. The pink hair. <laughs> and also, I think it's very funny that Yo-Yo Ma glues stuff to his face because he's invisible to normal people. <laughs> it's really funny. Also green, naturally. Also green. At first, the prison guards are like, "Okay, looks like it, there was nothing here. We got it. We got to return back to base." So, so, yeah, there's a priority alert to to for all hands to to return and check out. This uh, un- these abnormal conditions because someone finally like looked at it with their eyeballs, I guess. Mm-hmm. However, they are not saved 
because the the swift retreat of these fan boats, the fans blow off all the camouflage. Oh, oh no. man! And so then the prison guards go, "Wait a minute! It's those people we were looking for." <laughs> and so then they shout in typical cop fashion, "Get on your knees!" And then they immediately start shooting. <laughs> In in the middle of all of this uh, activity, commotion, Yo-Yo Ma is just breathing down Jolene's neck and releases mouth mosquitoes mouth that mosquitoes. bite upon her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shotguns are leveled. Anasui stands up. The machine guns open fire. So Diver Down punches Yo-Yo Ma yes. <laughs> through the skull, launching it into one of uh, uh, the boats. And then jumps out and punches the guards of the other boat. I, I love the way Diver Down punches these oh, guards. Because cool, the fist goes through the head of the one in front in order to connect with the face of the one behind. Yeah, it's it's great. And you know that first guy's brain turned inside out. Oh, yeah. That brain got turned into a harpsichord or something. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't like it. Yeah. And so they, they have defeated these guards. They They steal a new boat. Because theirs was was shot to hell. Yo-Yo Ma uh, uh, once again demonstrates his thing for degradation. Just what we need in this. Mm-hmm. Great. Cool. Mm-hmm. Please, please don't say step on me, daddy. Yo-Yo Ma, please don't. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's at the Tiny Desk concert. Because that <laughs> at least liven things up. So, <laughs> so they've seized a second fan boat. This this merry trio mm-hmm. making their way, and Anasui is irritated by Yo Yo Ma's wrestling whistling, to the point that he blames Jolene for whistling, and she tries to correct him, but all she can say is, <laughs> and and she does this multiple times, and Anasui either doesn't hear her or doesn't want to acknowledge a woman who only speaks in, and. Jolene's like freaking out, like, why the fuck can't I talk? And then we get a close up of her tongue, in which her tongue has lots of little holes all punctured through it now. She got that Swiss cheese tongue. She got a Swiss cheese tongue. And she makes the incredible deduction, the the absolute logical leap <laughs> that we, we love a Joe Star for. She is now under the impression that this enemy stand is a threat. Whoa. Whoa! He's been secretly attacking us this whole time. Ah, so of course now, how do we communicate this voicelessly? Mm-hmm. So her first bet is just panting at Anasui. That's you can't pant at Anasui. He's going to take that a certain way, like and he does. Yeah, he takes it as a romantic confession, and so she points at her tongue instead, and he's like, ah. I see. You would like to kiss. The type where our tongues join in sultry tango. <laughs> and by the way, when this whole scene is happening, the 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 color palette changes to be a much more brighter, saturated look mm-hmm, to look mm-hmm. like <laughs> like it's more we're in, romance we're in goof anime. Mode now. Yeah, yeah, we're in goof mode. And so through all of her panicked, you know, trying to communicate to him, he's just like, hmm. Guess we're horny, huh? I like that. <laughs> I'm into this. And so... Uh, Which jo- is when he gets an uppercut right to the jaw. Yep. And Jolene immediately tries to figure out, okay, how exactly does this guy attack us? 
And so Jolene grabs Anasui again in what looks like to be like a, a you know, like an embrace. Like to, grabs to him kiss. by the face. Yes. Yeah. And Anasui is just like, oh, yeah. And then she just, tw- Jolene just twists his head really hard to like, look at the enemy stand. Fucking look at him. And she just keeps cracking and twisting his head in weird ways. Like, fucking look at this guy. <laughs> and he says, I'm confused. Do you want to kiss or not? <laughs> <laughs> I think he also goes like, I guess you like kissing in weird ways or something. You're into the weird <laughs> shit. I don't know what this weird <laughs> shit is, but I'm going to learn it. <laughs> I'm going to rewire all of my parts to do this weird shit. Yep. (laughs) So her internal monologue does not answer his question. Her thoughts are all on Yo-Yo Ma. Mm -hmm. So she walks up to Yo-Yo Ma sitting in the driver's seat. They're very trusting of this enemy stand and Mm -hmm. turns her back to it, hoping, hoping that it will make a move that Anasui will see and then we'll all be on the same page. And so Yo-Yo Ma opens its little mouth wide and goes, <laughs> as uh, this, like, noxious filter. And anytime he's doing a sneaky little attack when no one's looking, there, mm-hmm. it's, it's dark and uh, a very menacing texture. Mm-hmm. And then Yo-Yo Ma asks if Jolene knows what happens if you lick frog skin. <laughs> and apparently the answer is, it makes an all-natural beauty cream. He's going to make some for her. He's going to make her a miniskirt out of frogs in order to make her butt perky, he yes. says. Yep. And then honestly, he goes, Jolene, tell me if something is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Everything is wrong. Everything's wrong Everything. here. You are wrong. <laughs> So she takes Anasui's face in her hands again, and Yo-Yo Ma opens its mouth again. Trap sprung because, because this fucking rips. Yeah. Jolene has taken Stone Free's string and woven an invisible net all over her body. Mm-hmm. And within that net caught the, the second salvo of mosquitoes within it. Yeah. But even so, her face melts and one of her eyes explodes. <laughs> I damn. Yup. Her her uh so her eyeball kind of half explodes, half melts. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. basically for the rest of the episode, we're going to see just white goop trailing down her her face. Yeah, yeah. But just the the like this is the coolest shit triumphant moment of uh, uh, this thread grid uh, mm-hmm. planted all over her skin and Stone Freeze clutching it somewhere between like a fishing net and cat's cradle. It yeah. looks cool as shit. And then like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, no, oh, no. Yup, yup. It's great. It's great. It's great. And as she collapses, her string falls in loops to spell out. In English cursive letters, be all eyes. Anasui <laughs> has finally gotten a message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anasui immediately brings out Diver Down and like punches a hole clean through Yo-Yo Ma's head again. Uh-huh. It hurts uh-huh. him a lot, but it doesn't yes. kill him. He He's into it, though. He likes having his, his face punched clean through. And after the, this punch is connected, holes open up. Little holes on Anasui's face and gross, noxious goop starts pouring out of it. But he's not phased. He announces, prepare yourself for your single greatest regret that you were ever shot out into this world. (laughs) 
they were made for each other, I swear. <laughs> like, for as just almost random that this part feels, there are some really good bits in it still. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that brings us to the Diver, uh, once again, the Diver Drive mid-episode title card. Mm-hmm. I just like his design. I think it's good. It's uh, all right. I, I'm not big on the hands. Oh, yeah, yeah. The sort of mitteny hands? Yeah, I, for, I, I didn't notice that they were kind of like mittens. Yeah, I do wish they were separate fingers. I, I don't Anyhow. think mitts would be good for diving, just saying. <laughs> Back at it, uh, Anasui orders Yo-Yo Ma to the naughty step and tells it to empty its pockets mm. as more and more holes open upon his arms and chest. Yes. And so... Yo-Yo Ma is carrying in its loincloth pockets yep. two rhinoceros beetles, one karaoke microphone, some Splenda packets, three living frogs, one frog skin, <laughs> broccoli, mock strawberries, some used matches. <laughs> Very Shigechi, honestly. Extremely Shigechi there, yeah. So Anasui gets the idea and chops its face in half. Yep. He, he like he's Anasui is talking out loud about like okay you're this type of stand you're an automatic pursuit stand you're doing the pursuit part real easy because we're doing it for you but you're some type of automatic thing so there's got to be some type of trigger for your attacks to to happen and this is when Yo-Yo Ma kind of like not face he doesn't go mask off or anything because he's just gross all the time but he just goes like oh hey you know yep I am here to fuck, fucking kill you, but it's only Jolene, so you could just, like, leave. If you don't, I will kill you, too. Just just cards on the table here. But. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's when he kicks his, his head, like, into the fan blade to chop it in half. And that's when more holes open up on both of their bodies, and Jolene starts to suspect acid spittle. Mm-hmm. Being disguised in the foam and spray kicked up by a fan boat. So, like, every little bit of moisture that hits their skin, you think, ah, yes, swamp water, what are you going to do? But some of those are acid spittle. Mm -hmm. And so they're just constantly getting flicked by little acid drops melting away their, their faces and bodies. And that's why Jolene thinks they need to stop the boat. Yeah. And Anasui says, hey, little troll baby, go faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like Yo-Yo Ma is still a weird guy who like obey commands. Uh, and so Yo-Yo Ma goes, OK, here I go. And then he gets on his back and wiggles around like a little frog next to a little uh-huh. frog wiggling on his back the same way. Uh-huh. And then he flips around, you know, kind of sits there for a second like a frog. And he goes to he the chair. He eats one of his beetles. Yep, he eats one of his beetles and, and just sits there and, and savors the beetle. Uh, and then honestly, he's like, okay, he's not going to attack us anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so Yo-Yo Ma does a little frog hop onto the chair, does one more frog hop, and uh, jams his head into the fan blade and, and utterly fucks himself up again. <laughs> and then he sees some birds and he goes, ah, birds! Uh, and tries to hide under the chair. <laughs> Because uh, Anasui now describes what happened, quote, I simply attached a frog to its brain. (laughs) You see, so pursuit stands, pursuit stands like Yo-Yo Ma here, have a thing called a pursuit center. They also have brains. Yeah. Uh, uh, And this is the the part of their stand brain that aims them at their target. Mm -hmm. And if you plug a frog into that... (laughs) 
<laughs> it means that Yo-Yo Ma now is so terrified of birds that it cannot enact its spit distribution plans. Yeah, he, he's got frog brain. He's got, he's so frog-brained that then <laughs> Yo-Yo Ma says, quote, I wet myself just like a frog. <laughs> and there's a little uh, uh, close-up insert of Yo-Yo Ma the stand wetting its loincloth. Yep. What is happening? Yeah. What is this? What is this show anymore? <laughs> uh, then he Thankfully, sees a, this is when we cut away. <laughs> yes, we cut away to Yo-Yo Ma seeing a girl frog and go, mm, Oh, God, yes. Ooh, I love that girl frog. Wait a minute, a bug. I gotta eat that bug. So, yes, the, the, this, <laughs> the enemy stand has been defeated by uh, having a frog for a brain. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> So back in the disciplinary wing, mm-hmm. there is yet another guard with the voice of the narrator doing yes. a slightly different voice. Yes. And this guard is, uh, shall we say, amazed at what he sees before him. Yes. Very large amounts of decaying plant matter that have completely like consumed uh, the building. And according to him... It has been 10 minutes since Westwood opened all the cells. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. N- fuck you. No, it was not. It was 80 <laughs> minutes at least. <laughs> so so the guards have surrounded uh, D&G here, the, the sole survivor, shuddering mm. in pain from, from his arm injuries. Yeah. While Foo Fighters lies in wait above, getting a bird's eye view of all this, lining up a headshot to take out D&G and, and save them from the frog goblin. Mm-hmm. And they see Poochie hiding in a different nook down on ground level below them. Yeah. And he's counting his primes again. Has been for a while. He's up to the 400s. Mm-hmm. He is there in order to pull out D&G's memory disc in order to understand his own plan. (laughs) Yeah. He knows that the bone, I mean, the bone clearly did some shit. It did something. It created something. He doesn't know what it is. He doesn't know there's a plant baby out there. Yeah. And needs D&G's memory disc in order to to learn that. Yeah. But he he goes on his his bad guy monologue of how he's been waiting for twenty two years for this, and the 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 moment he's been waiting for is almost upon him. And then he he looks behind him where he's got the absolutely mangled corpse of Guccio. Yes, and he's like, okay, I don't think you saw the exact thing I needed to see, but I need to celebrate. And so he pulls out a CD that he throws into Guccio's head. And it's not a this memory disc. F- this is my favorite thing that it turns out Whitesnake can do because this is an actual music CD. This is not a magic CD. Yep. He bought this at Sam God dang Goody. <laughs> and it, it's it's Handel's Messiah, you know, hallelujah. Uh, mm-hmm. And because he has jammed it into Guccio's brain... Uh, he becomes a stereo, and yes. his, his his head lifts up. He starts singing the 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 music. Yeah, he becomes a hi fi system, just blasting the Hallelujah chorus. You know, skip straight to the forty fourth movement of mm-hmm. Handel's Messiah, I guess. And yeah, does this mean 
Does this mean that Poochie never had to buy a PS2? He just oh, put Crash shit. Bandicoot in someone's brain. Oh my god. Wait right? a minute. What happens? Whoa. Put Monster <laughs> Rancher in someone's brain and then put another music CD in that person's brain and you get a new Monster and Monster Rancher. It works. He would never buy a handheld either. Mm-hmm, he doesn't need mm-hmm. any of that shit. No. Frogs are brains, people are video games. The PS9 Nanite commercial is real. <laughs> yeah. And it's White Snake. Yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> he snorts Spyro. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for those Nanites. So yes, Father Pucci celebrates. He he fucking loves the the uh, he loves Messiah. He's mm-hmm. like, he's conducting the air along with the song. Once again, he talks about the nature of true happiness, which is holding heaven in your hands. Mm-hmm. Turns out, green babies. But, you know, he, he has a celebration. He, he once again affirms his plan yep. to grab the memories before D&G can be officially questioned. Yeah. As D&G is getting wheeled away by paramedics into an ambulance that has arrived. But wait. That paramedic has an interesting haircut. That's my plankton pal. Hey. Hey, fancy seeing you here. And so Poochie, from his vantage point, sees one of these paramedics form a gun from their hand, mm-hmm. take off their hat, revealing uh, uh, themselves, and reciting a paragraph, <laughs> <laughs> which is all the time Poochie needs to recognize them. Mm-hmm. She she is about to shoot D&G in the head. She fires off multiple rounds. All of them just barely miss D&G because... Because their arm has been grabbed, seized by mm-hmm. the other paramedic who has had a, a, a disc thrown into them long distance. Poochie is also like the, the Ricky J of throwing CDs rather <laughs> than cards. Yeah. He's, he's an ace at that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Poochie steps forward. Revealing himself, finishing off the primes of the 400s. He did not forget his place. Mm-hmm. And and sort of taunts Foo Fighters by asking them, all right, what's the plan? Are you going to attack me here and now? Or are you going to finish off uh, uh, my minion here in order to save your friends? And that's it. That's the end of the episode. You know what, what, would, what would be really cool? If FF, because she can make that finger gun in one hand, she should do a finger gun in the other hand, a dual wield. Shoot. Two different directions. Shoot both these guys in the face at the same time. Hands akimbo. Yeah. Yes. Hands akimbo. Yes. Hands akimbo is uh, the name of my new series coming to Shonen Jump Weekly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that leads us into episode 21, Awaken. Awaken. Uh, Awaken. So yeah, we, we recap the final moments there of Poochie revealing himself and mm-hmm. Foo Fighters recognizing him and recognizing that this means he is Whitesnake's user. Yeah. Uh, right into the OP. And so the narrator describes Foo Fighters' psychology over yes. clips of their debut fight. Mm-hmm. And that their, their greatest fear is not lose, uh, losing their, their life, but losing their intelligence, being reduced to, to a thoughtless thing, either in uh, actuality or even in, in people's perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, t- truly a fate worse than death. And so now Foo Fighters is narrating the episode and reminiscing over all the good times, including times we never saw before, like the whole gang laughing at their toes. Apparently their <laughs> toes are hilarious for some reason. Yeah. I wish this scene was animated. I want to know what that was about. 
this toast scene, as presented, seems impossible. <laughs> yeah. Because Anasui is here in this flashback. Mm-hmm. And they were not formally introduced into uh, until earlier today. <laughs> yes. Roughly 11 minutes ago. <laughs> Foo Fighters memory isn't the best. <laughs> Anasui and Weather Report are the two characters here who like are there, but they're the furthest in the background and their heads are cut off by the frame, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. just makes me think they, yeah, they weren't there. <laughs> it was just Hermes, Emporio, and Jolene <laughs> laughing at her feet. You got you got weird toes, lady. Uh, so, so then we learn, or or we are uh, uh, told that living is making memories. That is what makes you know. That, that's what makes you a real boy. Mm-hmm. Like I want to kind of think about this in parallel with Del Toro's Pinocchio. Oh yeah, yeah. being a real boy means being treated as one mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, making mistakes and learning from them like a real boy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and how important it is to like that vision that there there is no big uh, a transformation wherein Pinocchio becomes flesh. I feel like Foo Fighters' story is very much in that mm-hmm. they they are a real person even if they are bug. That's the- yeah. <laughs> she goes on to talk about how you know whenever she whenever she doesn't know what to do or she doesn't know how to go go forward. She always thinks of Jolene for like motivation because of how mm-hmm. uh, fucking insane she is. <laughs> yes. um, and she she believes the reason why Jolene has such a drive is also because of her memories, like of her dad and of having you know a normal life in the past and having happy memories, and that's that's what keeps her going forward. Just just Foo Fighters deciding, you know. This is what I have to do. This is this is my life. These memories and everything is driving me towards the, what I believe is the correct action to do. Two two things here. One, uh, when they mention Jolene, the image they have of Jolene is sick as shit. Oh hell yeah, it's awesome. Uh it's it's the shot of that I don't think has been. In, I would rem I would remember this right. Yeah, I think this is just new. This this is original to this memory, yeah. I uh, uh, of Jolene just like leaping down, uh, uh, arms and back flexed uh, in in profile, and of course I don't even need to say it, blood squirting everywhere. Yeah, just blood, just droplets of blood just thrown into the air, blood uh, uh, streaking down the side of her face and streaming through a background of golden light. Yeah, it looks dope. It whips ass. Uh, but also, Foo Fighters, like, sums up this this whole thing again, thinking about their intellect. Uh, quote, the knowledge that I am FF, that is what intellect is. Mm-hmm. I think, therefore, I sippy cup. <laughs> Man, do you think FF would go, like, if she saw, like, a crazy straw, like a silly straw, <laughs> to drink the water through? That's why it's called a crazy straw. Yeah, I bet she would like it, that. It drives creatures mad. <laughs> And so with that 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 monologue, Poochie is asking, you know, what what are you gonna do? Are you are you gonna shoot me? Are you gonna shoot uh-huh, DNG? Uh-huh, you can uh-huh. only do one of them. And so FF turns around and just starts firing point blank at DNG. But there was a hesitation, which lets White Snake divert the shots around the ambulance interior and then karate chop into Foo Fighters' skull, pulling out a disc. Mm-hmm. And once again, they think, when I need to kick up my courage, I think about Jolene. Same. 
<laughs> it's not it's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. But what does the courage of Jolene mean? It means putting a gun to your head and blowing your own brains out. <laughs> yes. But ah, uh, 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 that's the trick. Foo Fighters doesn't use a brain. <laughs> One could say Jolene might not either. But <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a plan to open out a, a, a sludge spout out of the, the skull mm-hmm. uh, uh, and pour themselves into D&G lying prone yes. below. <laughs> yes. All the, the, the Foo Fighters sludge just like crawls up into D&G's mouth which then causes his face and, and head to start like bubbling and, and wiggling. And then his jaw gets ripped off by the sludge. And then his whole head just twists and fucking launches off of his body. Yep. Oh, it's pretty gross. And then the, the, the FF sludge crawls up the wall, carrying its disc, its memory disc. Up into the... The little window into yeah. the cab of the ambulance. Yeah. And White uh, Poochie just stands there like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he's <laughs> genuinely shocked at what just happened. He doesn't know what to do. It's great. So back on the fan boat with D&G dead, Yo-Yo Ma just dissolves into dust, yep. revealing the baby pod from its, its gullet. Yeah. Except that the baby pod is open and empty. And there's little bits of husk. <laughs> and some little green hands come out from one of the husks until the boat hits a bump and the whole thing falls down into the marsh waters. Oops. <laughs> threw the baby out. They threw the baby out into the marsh water. <laughs> so back in the ambulance, Foo Fighters is in the cab forming a body, a fourth body. Yeah. This is sort of a fusion of their original look, or I guess their their second look, the one that fought Jolene in the garage, yeah. with the face of Atro. Yep. It looks cool. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> this is the most cosplayable Foo Fighters. I oh, guess second. Yeah. Second to, like, standard, just all Atro Foo Fighters. Yeah. And so Foo Fighters goes to start up the the ambulance so that they can just get the fuck away and also deliver the info of Father Pucci being White Snake's user to everyone else. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. as she is... I mean, it's, it's a big, like, midway Diamond is Unbreakable Koichi moment. Oh, yeah. Become a new person, deliver the, the most valuable information to the hero. Like, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's turning the key through... The, the little gaps between like the different paneling of the dashboard, White mm-hmm. Snake's hand just appears, and then the whole front of the ambulance just gets torn apart by White Snake. Yes, yes. Uh, and then again, he just plunges his hand into Foo Fighters' brain to try and pull her discs out. And then it like tears their limbs off, like their arm and their legs get thrown away. Yeah. But the arm sailing through the air still has a finger gun that still fires into it anyway. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so Poochie's got some questions. Yeah. While the one armed torso of Foo Fighters just sits in the middle of, uh, of the floor here next to a wrecked ambulance. Mm-hmm. Questions like, what did that bone turn into, really? Did you get a good look at it? Was it beautiful? <laughs> did it have the sort of sensuality you wouldn't expect from a man? 
I hope it just doesn't look like Shrek. I don't want <laughs> a little green goblin baby. That would be bad. Not what I would expect to come from a, a butt bone of Dio. Uh, and we don't know it's the butt. We t- <laughs> I've decided it's the butt. Um, <laughs> but Foo Fighters knows that they're in good hands. This dude is never going to get this baby. You know why? Because it's with Anasui, who is a bad enough dude to just kill a baby. Mm -hmm. We finally got one. We Mm -hmm. finally found a guy. Yep. And also, like, when these questions are being asked, it's not just coming from Poochie. It's Poochie and Whitesnake. We Mm -hmm. got opposite Mm -hmm. ends, like, playing, like, going back and forth, asking questions. Like, did it develop quickly? Does it respond to stimuli? Does it seem like a smart little boy? (laughs) Foo Fires is just kind of playing dumb mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and just saying, I, like, I don't know. They probably drowned it or something. It's fucking, oh. And Poochie's like, no, they didn't. I don't know what kind of baby it is, but I do know what's unkillable. Yep. A destructible baby. <laughs> and that only Jotaro's memories can control what was just born. Yeah. Because, you know, he's such a good dad. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is when Poochie notices something behind white snake and then yells at his stand like fucking look behind you because <laughs> uh it turns out you know because this is the best because Foo fighters has been stalling yeah uh, uh and giving like wishy-washy answers and like uh well stuff like that yeah because they're they're the stand that holds the ability to have their body together mm-hmm. is not in the parts of the body that are talking right now. It's yep. in the legs that have been ignored and are now running for the exit. Yes. <laughs> Just legs. Just legs. And the <laughs> the the legs are skinny enough that they can run in between the bars uh and like get to the outside. And there's like a big water faucet out there. And so Sludge uh-huh. shoots out of the legs, twists the faucet. In order to get all the water needed to grow a full Foo Fighters fusion form. Yep. I call it the 4F. <laughs> and so, yeah, she just like rapidly regenerates into a full body. Hell yeah, it's really cool. But Father Poochie's got to ruin it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, 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 he's going to ruin this really cool moment. And he's, like, really invested in ruining it because Foo Fighters is, is, like, describing their victory. Yeah. And and Poochie will not accept being talked down to by his subhuman creation. He, do, he does not recognize the humanity of, or, or personhood of Foo Fighters. They, mm-hmm. they are a sludge beast of, of his own making. They, they do not have the right to, to talk to him like this. Yep. And that's why he's evil. Fuck you. <laughs> that's a person. That's my favorite person. Yeah, that person's great. Uh, and so suddenly, there's this brand new torso, uh, uh, fully assembled Foo Fighters outside, starts swelling and bubbling into boils and, and steaming, mm-hmm. because for some reason, this drinking fo- fountain has boiling water in it. <laughs> Seems like a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Maybe a waste of energy. And it is cooking their constituent little guys. Yeah. So what is happening here is White Snake, you know, Poochie's got so many different stand discs on him, mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. happens to have a disc on him that has a stand power that can make water like boil. 
Yes. And so with the the leftover bits of Foo Fighters that are near him, White Snake is just inserting this new stand power into Foo Fighters, which is then causing all water she comes into contact with yes. to become boiling. They they are incapable of not having water they touch be boiling, thus killing them. Yep. <laughs> they, they either die quickly or slowly. Uh, your choice. Yeah. And so Foo Fighters explodes. Yeah. Shouting Jolene's name before exploding and her disc just like lands on the ground. I want to I want to rewind a little bit to Poochie explaining this mm-hmm. when he says, quote, the highest temperature all aquatic life on Earth can withstand is eighty nine point six degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. Now, I saw this number and I wrote it down and I thought, ah, I'm going to fact check this. What what about like uh, uh, black smokers? That that like yeah. uh, ecology. What about extremophiles? And then I realized, wait a minute, eighty nine point six degrees Fahrenheit. I'm warmer than that. <laughs> I've got to look up shit. Yeah, you're just wrong. You're stupid and wrong. Was that, was that meant to be s- Celsius and not Maybe. Fahrenheit? <laughs> he just wanted to sound smart. I'm. I guess he's he's probably just glad he finally found a use for the boiling stand. <laughs> yeah. But then again, as soon as he made a, a plankton guard dog, he probably is like, ah, that's my use for the boiling stand because he's a fucking creepo sadist. <laughs> so yeah, not only does Foo Fighters explode. We get an extreme microscopic close-up of every last plankton buddy that constituates Foo Fighters dissolving and screaming. God damn it. Fuck this. I hate this. I'm done. Fuck this. I'm out. You lost me. (laughs) I don't want this. So (sighs) with that, we hit the mid-episode title card with, again, a new stand that we don't know about yet. Yeah, yeah, a stand that will never be named. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's one that uh, we haven't seen this in a long time. It wasn't named until later uh, publication of an art book. Yeah, yeah. It's Green Green Grass of Home. Yes, an, an old, old country music standard uh, uh, that's been recorded by basically everybody. Yeah. I, I do think the ones that aren't named until years after publication are the ones most likely to be like, Wait, what? That doesn't that doesn't fit Araki's taste as I imagine them. Mm-hmm. And and this is certainly one of those. And after that, we rejoin Jolene and Anasui as they chase the goblin baby butt. Yep. This little Jerry Mentalman ass baby. <laughs> yep. Uh we see a quick shot of Jolene fixing up the holes in her tongue with thread. Mm-hmm. She's looking a little better. Her face isn't melted, but her eye, her right eye is just, it's messed up. It's, it's done. She doesn't have a right eye anymore, basically. This green baby is slowly crawling through all the, these weeds and, and plants and stuff. As Jolene is chasing towards it, Anasui, again, is just like, fucking stop, stop moving. Just stop. Mm-hmm. You're little. Again, you've gotten little. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's used to being little. She got little the first day in, on the inside. It's fine. Yeah. But she stops, and then Anasui is really tiny, and Jolene is normal. Mm-hmm. And they figure out that tininess increases with proximity to the baby. Yeah. And Anasui draws a little diagram <laughs> about how when you get half the distance to the baby, you're half your size. Yeah. And if you therefore if you get all the way to the baby, you're none of your size. Yeah. This is the Zeno's paradox stand. Yeah, yeah. And so they have to solve 
one of the oldest logical paradoxes about size and distance and motion mm-hmm. and, and how we conceive of them. Can you get to it ever? And there, there are many uh, solutions to these paradoxes, depending on your framework. Mm-hmm. One I favor is just the fact that we live in a quantized universe where there is such a thing as a smallest distance that mm-hmm. cannot be halved. And so, yeah, you will get there. Anasui disagrees and says, <laughs> no, this is impossible. This is an impossible stand. But, yeah, it's just you will become infinitely tiny and you will never reach the, the baby butt. I mean, I guess somebody doesn't know about Archimedes demonstrating that uh, uh, this is solvable using geometry in the area of a square, but fine, that's, that's whatever. One, that's one wiki hole he didn't go down yet. Yeah. <laughs> G- give him a few months, he'll get there. But we gotta, we gotta stop this baby so the baby doesn't get to Poochie, so Poochie can't do whatever he wants to do with this baby. Yeah. Jolene says as much, quote, we have to keep the baby the hell away from that asshole, <laughs> which is generally good advice for all babies and all assholes. Mm-hmm. Which is what gives Anasui a moment to have an inner monologue about how he's so attracted to single-minded focus. Yes, that, that's why he, why he thinks Jolene is super hot. She's just very single-minded. He actually phrases it as concentration, I believe, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah. Perhaps determinazione. Mm-hmm. Oh man, if he met Bruno. If anyone met Bruno. I mean, come on, who, yeah. who wouldn't? <laughs> so he throws a bottle at this baby. Yeah. And the baby's like, huh, all right, I'm going to batter that for a bit and then turn her away and keep crawling away from you. Yep. The And the bottle, like, nothing bad happens to the bottle. By the mm-hmm, way, the mm-hmm. face of the baby, now that we're seeing the front of the baby. The face of the, yes, this baby is, is a little green baby. Little green baby with elf ears. His eyes are just red orbs. And he's got these big flowery eyelashes, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a weed leaf on his forehead. Mm-hmm, well, it's not a and he has leaf. more more leaves coming out the the side of of his face. Yeah, eyes sort of. I don't know what you call them. Like, you know how plants have veins. Yeah, whatever yeah. plant veins are called, those are running over uh, his skull and his arms. Mm-hmm. But he's mostly a very human looking baby, aside from the exceptions we're, we're noting here. Yeah. But this is this is the green man, right? But a baby version. Oh yeah, the the classic like pagan green man, man made of leaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also the the bloodsucker head subtype of the green man. Ooh, the foliate head green man is the most common, but the bloodsucker head green man is defined by sprouting vegetation from all facial orifices, e.g., oh. tear ducts, nostrils, mouth, and ears. Oh shit. You know, like two episodes ago. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Didn't realize. Also, metal ass name. Like, where is the band named Bloodsuckerhead? Yeah, that's cool. And then we could have a stand called Bloodsuckerhead. Come on. Yes. Yes. Come on. Its, it, it's ability is implied in its name. So Jolene is, is trying to get close to this baby, getting shrunker all the time, and has an idea. If I can't approach this baby, perhaps I can throw something at this baby, like, say, a glass bottle. You know, that worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my case, string. I will try to string the baby. But even the string cannot cross infinity and falls short. Yeah. So then she has another idea. To leap up to a plant, because she's so tiny that to climb on, like, a fern would be a great leap. Mm-hmm. And then jump down at the baby, because 
because the ground is a concrete endpoint. Yeah. There is your solution to this paradoxical baby power. Yeah. And so she she leaps off. She's still launching her string towards the baby while falling down straight on top of him. But her string gets tugged to the side harshly. Uh, and there's a weird new stand. Uh, yes. Who I like the design of this guy. This is our first look in action of that stand from the mid card, the green, green grass of home, the stand mm-hmm. of the green baby. Let us describe this. This is a My Hero Academia is what this is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he look. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is just kind of a muscular humanoid stand in kind of mm-hmm. just like a full blue bodysuit with like orange crisscross stitching across its arms. Um, Do you like the orange piping on, on the thighs that run uh, up the chest, abs, and shoulders too? Yeah, That's good. yeah. I, I like this guy's colors. Yep. And it's got white gloves on. And the the big interesting design point of this is its head and, and hair. Uh, yeah. Its head looks like it could be... One of the angels from Evangelion. Yes. Like if, yes. if you ignore the jet, uh, the jet engines in the side <laughs> of his head. <laughs> it it does look somewhere between the face of like that that first angel. Yes. Uh, is it called the third angel? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> and an airplane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got like four traffic light eyeballs. They're they're two on each side of its face, stacked vertically. That are yellow. Its face is just white. Looks like it's made out of some type of like plastic hard material, and yeah, it's got jet engines uh, sticking out of the, the the sides of its head, and it's got really long, straight, spiky orange hairs sticking out from the top of its head. Mm-hmm. And also, that mask face opens up into a beak-like mouth. Yeah, which is important because the first time we see it, it has pulled Jolene off of her jump trajectory by biting and chewing on her stone free string. <laughs> And he goes, um, num, 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 <laughs> like a baby. <laughs> green, green grass, a home. By the way, even though it's never said in, in the thing, the wiki says for the the Netflix version, they localized it to green, green, green home. <laughs> you can say you called it anything. No one says it out loud. Like the yeah. only thing that needed to be translated, I guess, is the subtitle for the title card. <laughs> yeah. Green home chomps down on the string, snapping it, which, you know, makes Jolene start spurting blood. And they're still both falling towards the baby. And because they're falling towards the baby, she keeps shrinking. So this thing is massive. This is gigantic. Yeah. Compared to her. Yeah. She she tries to fire off, you know, this net to catch him, but he's just too big for the net. Net keeps getting smaller. Green home grabs her leg and... It just kind of goes limp and starts dangling after you hear a loud mm-hmm, crunching mm-hmm. noise. And her shoe comes off. Her shoe comes off. Uh, and before they can hit the ground or anything, Diver Down punches through Green Home and uses that to like get a footing on the stand, grab Jolene, and then kick off the stand so they can launch themselves to a safe distance away increasing in size as, yep. as they go why not just put a frog in there mm. every fight from now on frog why brain. isn't anasui just putting a frog in there yeah anasui should while they're in the marshlands grab a bunch of live frogs and just tie them to different points of his little fishnet 
suit like he's got the the soles mm-hmm. of the shoes on there yeah, replace your shoes with with frogs become the frog man have a have an ammo belt made of live wiggling frogs or bugs or worms or anything else you can yeah. put in there i don't know technically you could use any object and replace a person's brain with it and you win <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you ever get within father poochie's range just swap his brain with a the 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 hallelujah cd or something i don't know so as they they recover on the ground uh anasui says alas it seems this baby has an invincible stand (laughs) don't you hate it when that happens fellas i I hate it so so uh this stand tosses a pebble again but tosses it far enough away that it grows to the size of an indiana jones boulder that then falls down nearly crushing jolene and anasui (laughs) mm-hmm and so after they get knocked down to the ground from from that boulder nearly missing them, uh, they just start running for it, chased by mm-hmm, the stand mm-hmm. who is fucking huge compared to them now. But this reveals Anasui's trick. Ah. ah! Because he noticed that things the baby touches are immune to this power. They, they retain their, their natural size at mm-hmm. all times. Like the glass bottle he tossed... That he led the merry chase within. Ha-ha-ha. Oh. And because the stand is trapped in an actual bottle, the baby is trapped mime style in an invisible bottle. Yes. So Jolene goes, great. How the fuck do we get out of the bottle? <laughs> <laughs> but there's an answer that, for that, because guess who else is in the bottle? And by in, I mean inside the walls and structure of the bottle it's Diver Down, who is altering the bottle in order to bring the neck to them that they fall out like a playground slide. Yeah. And then just sort of pinch it closed to trap the green, green grass of home within. That's pretty cool. Because I like that. once they are out of its range, it is a stand that is naturally about the size of a frog. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why you can't put a frog in its brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and they're like, oh, phew, we're out of the bottle. Hell yeah, we, we solved this puzzle. And then the baby kicks the bottle. Yes. <laughs> and the stand starts rolling the bottle around like a hamster ball and is trying to squish him, and it nearly crushes Anasui's go-go booted legs. No. So Jolene starts smashing the bottle to pieces against his uh, uh, wishes. Like, no, no, you got to keep the stand trapped. We got to get that baby. And she's like, I want you to have legs, though. (laughs) So she smashes that bottle to pieces. And then the baby reaches out and touches her. Because the baby's like, cool, I like playing with dolls. I'm a baby. (laughs) If the baby can touch her, why isn't she microscopic? Hmm. Like, whatever. And (laughs) so... Yeah. So this, of course, returns her to her her standard size. And after the blink of an eye, Anasui as well. And so she's holding this baby. She's she's holding this baby the way you do uh, uh, up on her shoulder. And it reaches around her shoulder and starts pawing at the back of her shoulder like, hey, a star. I got one of those, too. How does this baby know? Babies can't see their own shoulder. (laughs) I don't know. But he thinks it's really interesting. And everything's fine. Everything's good. Mm hmm. Except Anasui doesn't think everything's good. I think Anasui's really jealous of the baby. Yeah. Like, bringing a baby into the home with a, a spoiled dog or a toddler, like, <laughs> got some issues to work out here. Yeah, and Jolene is, Jolene says, hey, I think this little goblin baby, like, she literally calls it a goblin. 
Like, mm-hmm. I think this goblin likes me. What do, what do I do about this? And Anasui thinks to himself, the baby's bonding. This isn't good. Jolene may not know it now, but eventually that baby will be her enemy. Quote, all I feel from this baby's power is menace and infinite darkness. <laughs> I think that just means it needs a nap. I don't know. Yeah. And to be continued. To be continued. That's the end of the episode and the end of everything mm-hmm. we're talking about this week. Uh, so what'd you, what'd you think? What'd you think about these episodes that you were waiting, waiting to talk about <laughs> while you smelled your, your Christmas dinner oh. lick, <laughs> turning to dust? Locked away in an oven that would not, not give it up. <laughs> what a shame. Uh, I think... This stretch, mainly, it's mainly the Yo-Yo Ma part that is just like, what the fuck is happening? What, <laughs> what is this? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Green Baby is less weird, but I'm still just amused by the phrase Green Baby. <laughs> I just wanted to get to that part so we could go, hey, Dio's bone turns into a Green Baby? Uh, I mean, technically, that's a, jo- that's a, that's a Jonathan Joestar bone. It could be a, a jaw shard. It could be, okay, it could be from from Dio's head. Yeah, but yeah. It's the the yo-yo ma stuff. It, it's one of those things where it feels like if you just made a couple of tweaks, it would not have been so like what the fuck is happening at all times. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they like, almost have a good excuse of hey, this stand ate a thing that we really need, and it's also unkillable and we can't get it out. So what the fuck do we do with it? But there's just that long portion of just like why why are they not suspicious enough of the stand? <laughs> He's bad. <laughs> he ate the thing you need. He ate the baby. Yo-Yo Ma, the whole thing feels like one of those times where JoJo's Bizarre Adventure absorbs what would have been parody to become the real thing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's one of the least successful ones of that. Yeah. Cause cause yeah. Yeah, like, okay, I get, I get the idea. Like, of the character is the the sort of creepiness that you can't look away from, and it's unnerving and it's horrifying. But you just gotta know, mm-hmm. and you have to not look away from it because that's if you do, that's when he gets you uh, yeah. uh, on a, a like plot level. But I don't like him. I don't like him. Mm-hmm. And what I really don't like is. I put a frog in its brain. You know how stands have brains? I didn't like when they had lungs. Now they have brains? Yeah. I, I am fine with the idea of specific stands having brains if it's a part of their design or the way they work or something. Or it's like, what if a stand was just a weird, creepy, floating brain? I don't know. But just the idea that all stands have brains, don't like that. If D&G were nearby and you replaced his brain with a frog, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Actually, <laughs> Yes. I don't know. I mean, really, what I am is I'm I'm grieving. Is what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cause what a what what a way what a way to go out. Mm-hmm. Comparing it to Koichi and Sheer Heart Attack, like I did earlier, Koichi got the information out. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like a- as I recall, I'm glad he survived, but I would have been fine with him dying in that moment mm-hmm. because he got the information out. Yep. This sucks this is <laughs> this is foo fighters finally 
like getting a chance to just like grab the mic and say, here's what I'm about. Here's what's important to me. And I'm going to face down and do the raddest ass shit against a guy who does not believe this about me. So it's going to feel good to take him apart. Oh, wait, I died. And it was all to no like practical use. Right, right. That's, that feels bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me, let me, let me think here. Yeah, it feels bad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, there were multiple instances in these three episodes of like somebody doing the extremely, like just the coolest shit and then immediately getting owned after they do the cool shit. I think it works Mm -hmm. for Joel when it happens with, to Jolene at least like, like when she does the net but yeah with foo fighters there's so much interesting in that fight about foo fighters mm-hmm. deciding cuz we know when foo fighters forms themselves they can look how they want so deciding yeah. to look like this fusion of what they were and what they are it's like being a person is who i am inside not the skin of this fucked up kidnap woman mm-hmm. that that's not what makes me a person i i like the face i'll keep that but but i can have victories for myself and my purposes by being a weird sludge puddle that doesn't make me less of a person that that doesn't erase my intellect i can go into a dude and tear his head off because it's fucking cool and still be <laughs> foo fighters yeah and then uh we we don't get to do anything with that because they're now they're dead now they're dead yeah all that stuff with the Foo Fighters also just immediately feels like, oh shit, they just learned a new way they can use their powers too. I wanted to see Foo Fighters just start body jumping. Yes, yes. Like imagine Foo Fighters being able to escape because they kept just kept jumping from body to body so you don't know who she is in currently or something. Yes, Foo yeah. Fighters becomes the thing, but nice. Yes. <laughs> what if the thing was nice? <laughs> like even if it's... You know, she she only needs a single plankton left to technically still be alive and be able to regenerate. So even if it was just a single one, like moving from droplet to droplet or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just, just just falling into like a drinking fountain and waiting for somebody to take a sip so she can hitch a ride or something like, yeah, not, not going to happen. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Ermus better get out of the hospital wing soon because we need help. Yeah. <laughs> Same with Weather Report. <laughs> weather Report, wake up! Please. Weather Report, can you make it rain? We need water really bad. <laughs> really bad? Somebody just... He'd ex- be an unstoppable pair. Oh my god. Oh, dude, yeah. Man. He could just make it rain. He could just put, like, a cloud suit around FF full of moisture or yes. something, and she'd yes. be, like, invincible. She'd just immediately regenerate every time he karate chopped her head off. How? I wonder how many... Foo Fighters like bodies she could have running around at once especially if she had because you know like when she was in that initial fight with her she just had the two because she was just submerged in water the whole time but she could totally have more right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they're all they all got the dual finger guns they're all shooting (laughs) and then what what what, what, if Foo Fighters was just a gray goo scenario (laughs) exactly now I'm just getting into fan fiction territory here because I'm like, what if Sex Pistols got to work with Foo Fighters and they were kicking her bullets around? Oh my goodness. Right? And weather reports there. Unbeatable. <laughs> and Foo Fighters is even better than Mista because she can do the whole I'm shooting myself to win thing and she won't actually die from the bullets like Mista will. <laughs> it is 
it is fun that once there's stands, you know, sometimes the stands is a gun. It keeps happening in different yeah. ways. Sometimes stand is a gun. Sometimes stand is little bullets that live in your gun. Mm-hmm. Sometimes stand decides what I'm going to do is become gun. Yeah. I could become anything. I, could I will be become a gun. gun. I could be a gun. Welcome to America. I will become gun. <laughs> yep. I mean, hey, it, there, there's precedent for a weird alien thing uh, misidentifying the dominant species mm-hmm. on Earth. Mm-hmm. That's where we got Ford Prefect. <laughs> uh, so next week, we will return with the final chunk of the second drop, the September 2022 drop, mm-hmm. episodes 22 through 24. Time for Heaven, New Moon, New Priest. That's that's just one title. Mm-hmm. Jailhouse Lock and Jailbreak. Ooh. I'm, I'm very excited for the rest of this, honestly. There isn't a single bit where I'm like, eh. <laughs> yeah, very much looking forward to these next three. Uh, I think I think this is, speaking of our recording gap, I think this is the first time we're recording one of these since all of the Six Feet Under Mouse Guard episodes, including the two-part epilogue, mm. have gone live. So once again, I'm going to uh, point people at that. Uh, uh, go to sixfeetsunder.com. That's S-I-X-F-E-A-T-S. U-N-D-E-R.com, uh, and you're going to find uh, uh, a page for every season, all eight seasons, as in, you know, spring, summer, fall, because uh, uh, that's just the way that game rolls, uh, of the Mouse Guard campaign. Feel free to start from the, the first year. Feel free to start from the second year, because uh, that's also a good jumping on point because of some changes in the lineup, let's mm-hmm, say. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> You can start from the end. It's fine. I won't mind. Uh, you, <laughs> you might want to, I don't know, pop in and ask who's so-and-so, but it you'll get it all the same. It's fine. You can even start from the epilogue because that really is more like a uh, uh, one-shot bonus game. The the way it's framed, like if, if you don't want this uh, uh, sometimes heavy game, uh, that's that's the big goofy finale. That's the fa- uh, uh, farewell to the goofy side of the campaign, <laughs> because Stevie, it's it's time for one of our mice to to have their wedding, and it's the mouse least uh, uh, capable of planning a wedding. Wouldn't mm. you know? <laughs> that was that was a good time. That was fun. So once again, uh, come on back for uh, our next episode, talking about episodes twenty two through twenty four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure: Stone Ocean. See you later. To be continued.